0: Welcome to the Wags of SCI podcast, where we discuss life, love, and caregiving after spinal cord injury, hosted by Elena Pauly and Brooke
1: Paget. Both of our partners are quadriplegics, and after connecting online in 2017, we began the advocacy and support group Wags of SCI, which is an acronym for Wives and Girlfriends with Spinal Cord Injury.
0: We know firsthand the challenges that come with living this lifestyle. And our mission is to spread
1: education, awareness, and positivity from our unique perspectives. As each week, as we tackle deep discussions around balancing life as a caregiver and a lover to someone with a spinal cord injury.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Wags of SCI podcast. Here we go. Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of the Wags of Sci Podcast with your hosts Elena Polly and Brooke Page. We are very grateful that you've decided to spend some time here with us today for another episode, and thank you for supporting by listening here, so we can continue running this podcast
1: huge thank you before we get into the meat of the podcast to our sponsors of this episode our first sponsor is robin wishart of wishart brain and spine law she has been supporting us for years now behind the scenes as well as supporting wags and their partners on this journey we want to thank her so much for putting all the effort in that she does with connecting wags with resources in their area um, doctor's appointments, going over insurance and benefits paperwork, and even looking into the patients. She has helped us with our human rights violations cases when it comes to paid caregiving and appeals. And if you want more information on how she works with us, please visit rightsofsci.com and click on the legal resources tab and you can learn about our partnership and how she can help you and your partner. You can also visit BrainAndSpineLaw.com to learn more about Robin and her team specifically and what they can do for you. Our second sponsor is Annalisa and John from Rolling in Paradise. We want to thank this WAG and quad-owned business for supporting the community the way that they have over the past few years. John and Annalisa own Rolling in Paradise. This is an adaptive equipment business that is VA approved. And that can support you in any of your adapted equipment needs. They also have a ton of resources available. So visit rollingandparabase.com and tell them that the WEGS of STI sent you. So it is nearing the final week of September. And that means we are on the end of spinal cord injury awareness month
0: the WAGS of SCI group has been growing um, quite rapidly throughout the years. We have so many different networks and platforms available for the women who are the partners and caregivers of their men who have a spinal cord injury. So I feel like the interactions have become more just overall, they have grown and they're They've increased. So we see a lot of women coming in on the private discussion group on Facebook, wanting to share, wanting to be seen. They want their stories to be seen. And uh, they want also to share the fact that, you know, being in a relationship with somebody with a spinal cord injury is not like seen as a negative thing. There are so many beautiful things about this life That are worth celebrating. And really, I really liked um, one of our members shared um, her story about um, Andrea Hansen shared that one thing that people don't understand is that we're just like any other able-bodied couple you know, we're making mistakes. We're learning how to be better communicators. We're always going on adventures and binging Netflix, just like anybody else. And I really love that. And we took a poll actually last week saying, um, we were saying, do you miss your partner? Have, you know, being able bodied. And I feel like the consensus overall was it wasn't about it wasn't the the physical able-bodied necessarily that a lot of women were, you know, they were saying, okay, it's not the relationship. The relationship hasn't changed because he's now in a wheelchair. Um, But other things, it was more physical things like, you know, helping build with building projects, putting up shelves, carrying heavy groceries, you know, reaching for things. It was, it was uh, more along the lines of that. And that, able body relationships also had a lot of difficulties and a lot of their own struggles, right? And that's something that we always like to keep in mind, right, Brooke?
1: Yeah, for sure. And we talked about that last week, how society has been kind of brainwashed, not, not kind of, has been brainwashed, um, especially with social media, to believe that there is, um, well, social media and consumerism in general has brainwashed uh, society, I think, um, to believe that there is this perfect life that is waiting for you if you only have this or if you only do this. Um, And I think that was a huge theme for Spinal Cord Injury Awareness Month is kind of trying to like you said, Andrea posted about, there was a lot of passionate wags that came forward to talk about their experiences about how, no, like these lives that people think are possible don't exist. When you think about, oh, if I had this, or if I could do this, or if he could move his legs, if he could be more spontaneous, then we would be happy. It's just not true. It is, it is not true at all to the point where you have to step back from all of that brainwashing and say, does the perfect relationship, the perfect person really exist? Like, I know we were talking about this before we even started the episode about how, you know, just because someone's able-bodied doesn't mean they have spontaneous relationships. Doesn't mean they have good communication. It doesn't mean that they love each other. It doesn't mean that they're happy. Um, it doesn't also mean that there's no sickness. I mean, we know a lot of people right now that are really struggling mentally and physically and, Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, you know, spinal cord injury may be something that is incredibly life-changing, but so is cancer, so is ALS, so is neurological disease. And you see these things on the rise, right? And right. so just thinking about that and realizing that just because you're paralyzed and you have to deal with this now, um, it doesn't mean that your life can be any less fulfilling than someone who's just going to have to deal with it later on, right? I mean, your relationship is always it's put to true. the test, regardless if you're paralyzed or not. So I, I really think like this, this month really did a good job of like showing our, fo- not just our followers, but other women, um, how it's really is all about mindset. It really is about working through the tough situations that arise and really seeing the benefits of that and how you can really be resilient and learn how much you're capable of and how strong you can be <clears throat> after dealing with these situations. Right. I think we should get into um, your experience this last weekend um, at the Coldplay concert because I think we should talk about it with our followers because, you know, it gives insight into not just, you know, highlighting the issues of disability, but like also what you guys like to do behind the scenes. I think it's important. So how, how did you enjoy that concert that you went to?
0: Well, to begin with, um, both Dan and I are huge Coldplay fans. I've been listening to Coldplay for like 25 years, basically, basically when they were not very cool. (laughs) And I was like going through my emo phase myself where I was like, the scientist was like one of the first songs and like yellow where it's like, they're pretty mellow songs. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. and, 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 and you, You know, I was sort of thinking about it. I was like, there was sort of around the same time as like Avril Lavigne and like going through like that punk rock, punk rock, kind of like sad girl vibe and face so I steered towards Coldplay and so throughout the years of as they've become more popular you've seen them change over time and they have quite a few more like upbeat songs and it brings in a different crowd and it's like it's all good right it's a good vibe they are hands down I would say one of the top best performers, um, very talented musicians. They play instruments. They have beautiful things to say, beautiful messaging. Um, this time around the messaging was mostly around like how we are all human, not necessarily like it was like human. And and one of the things that they said that I really liked was, um, they were wearing t-shirts that says that we are all aliens. <laughs> we're all aliens somewhere, which is true, because how many times in our lives have we thought, you know, I'm different than everybody else, or I don't fit in like everybody else, or, you know, you truly feel like you're out of place. And I think all of us have felt those those feelings at some point in our lives Um, whether you're transitioning with a partner who's going through spinal cord injury whether you yourself are transitioning into the role of a caregiver whether you are you know adjusting to a new life and I think we all have felt extremely isolated uh, going through spinal cord injury but also pandemic and really feeling like displaced and out of place so it was it was an overall really really nice concert Um, we loved it but the one, one thing that continuously stands out to me is, in order for us to get these uh, concert tickets, we were waiting, basically, like, we counted down to the day that they were going on sale. We were both on our computers, like, trying to snatch those wheelchair-accessible seats. Um, and we, we couldn't. So the first day, was like they were playing on a Friday. The wheelchair sections are very minimal, as everybody knows, and in a humongous uh, arena like the one that we were in. So they've played at Rogers Arena and they've done a Canada Place one as well. And one's a bit bigger than the other. So this time they were in, in a larger, larger venue. It was huge, like so huge. At one point, everybody's jumping around to the music and you could feel the floors like you could feel your floor under your chair, like moving, like rocking, like bouncing. There were so many people there. And, um, so it was, yeah. So they ran out of tickets, like within the first, like, I don't know, the queue, you went into queue within the first, like 30 seconds. Like it, they sold out so fast. So then we were super excited to find out that there was a second show. Of course there was, uh, it's Vancouver. Everybody loves Coldplay. You want to go see them. They only, you know, they were saying that they weren't thinking about having another show just because of the cost, environmental costs and, and the, the cost that it has on our planet, but also just pollution in general for the venue, for the city, for it, for everything. And so they came back finding a new, more sustainable, more resourceful way to be able to, to perform. They had kinetic sort of like these like bikes that powered each show, you, you know, the audience members were jumping on solar paneled flooring to create more energy to power the show. Each ticket, the proceeds went into like ocean cleanup to reforestation to all sorts of projects for the planet. So that was kind of cool. And they and they did a good job at explaining that. So we were happy about that. But when we first got into the venue and got into the wheelchair seating to where our seats were, there was somebody sitting in in our seats and we were like seat one and two. So we show up and the host who led us into the seats, into the section kind of scurried the two women that were sitting in the seats over saying, you know, you need to move over. These people are here to get into their seats. I was a bit aggressive about it, but I was, I, I looked at the woman. I said, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I said, it's probably not a big deal. Um, we can probably all slide over or find another seat. And anyways, and the girl kind of looked at me and she said, oh, I didn't realize this was a wheelchair accessible section. Like she was confused why the chairs in the section could move around. They weren't like, you know, they weren't built in seats. And I said, oh, I said, yeah, you're in the wheelchair accessible section. And she said, oh, my gosh. She's like, yeah, I had no idea. Um, all the other tickets were sold out. So I just bought these ones for my mom and I. And I and they were both able bodied. And I said, "Okay." I said, "Yeah, okay, cool." Uh, And I kind of looked at her and I said, "Well, have a look, have a look around, and you can see that there are very few sections in this entire stadium that are wheelchair accessible." Right? You could tell she felt sorry, but she also was sort of like, "Okay, whatever." And I said, "Well, you have some good seats, and I hope you enjoy the show." Because, I mean, what? I'm not there to make somebody feel bad, Um, but. Uh, We kind of just brushed it off and we're like, whatever. I said, yeah, great seats. Enjoy the show. Um, I think I even took a couple photos of her and her mom for them. And then as the show continued on, we, we realized after looking down further into the wheelchair accessible section that in our section, there was like a family of four and the mother was in a chair. And then there was an older lady who had like walking issues. She was quite old. She was wearing a Coldplay shirt and she was accompanied by her daughter. So we're like, okay, cool, that makes sense. But then we looked in the section beside us and there was not one person in a chair or one person with a disability. So again, it was just like that really interesting conversation of like, okay, so there were no others no other tickets available. So you don't buy the tickets that are for wheelchair accessible section, right? And I think that people still, like, don't understand. They don't care because they just want those tickets so badly that they'll just take them without thinking. Um, without well, you, re- know
1: what's, you know what's really screwed up, Elena, though, is the fact that I remember when those tickets were on sale and how fast they sold out. And I know how big that section is. Like, what would you say? There's, there's room for, like, 20 people, maybe? 20, like... Um, you know, I think give well. and take.
0: I think to be honest, I think like for seating, yeah, there's probably like a section of like, like the seats themselves, 15. But what happens is like other people decide they come, they want better seats. So they come down from like the higher seats and then they start standing in the wheelchair section as well. And people start walking through the wheelchair section because they don't want to go around or whatever. So then you start seeing a lot of that happening where it's like, I, at one point I went to push my chair back to get up and go use the bathroom or go get a drink or whatever. And there was somebody literally standing right behind me and I bumped into them. And I and finally after like the third or fourth time I was like, hey, like do you like this is not a section for you to be standing in because you don't like your seats like like it's just not respected whatsoever. It's like that space and it's just not respected. It's like, how would you like me going up to your seat and like sitting on your lap sharing your section? (laughs) Like
1: Right. And it's so but the thing that angers me is like, yeah, that's completely screwed up. But think about the amount of um, people that may have missed the initial ticketing option, um, and wanted to get tickets or organizations that wanted to like bring people to the concert that couldn't get in because they were bought. Like this is like insane, like that you looked around, there was no one else in a wheelchair. Yeah, because everybody else bought those seats. Exactly. And I said that to her. I actually said to the girl, I said, you know what? There was
0: rumor actually that... Ticketmaster was going to be confiscating tickets because what happened was people were snagging the wheelchair accessible tickets and throwing them up for resale for like three times the price. So like a ticket of like I don't know, average two hundred dollars, let's say, was going for like six, seven, eight hundred dollars for a wheelchair accessible seat. And then I said, actually, Ticketmaster I think was like saying they were going to confiscate those tickets from able-bodied people that were not or not even let them into the section that that were not going into the section, but they did a really piss poor job because the sections were oh so full of individuals who were definitely did not have a disability. And you're totally right. So many people, you don't even have a chance, right? You don't even have a chance to A, it's it's kind of like and then Dan went to use the restroom and he's like he said that he went to use the accessible stall and there was a guy in there that was like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't see, I didn't see. And Dan was like, what do you mean? There's a huge sign on the door that says don't use this stall unless you have a disability. He's like, it says, do not go into the stall unless you have a disability. And he said, he was like, well, another guy that was in there just left, held the door open for me. So I just ran in there quickly so it's things like this. It's like the same conversations that we have on repeat about don't park in accessible parking spots. Don't steal accessible seats at concerts. Don't use the bathroom stalls. That's that say accessible on them. It's, I think people just really don't give a shit to be honest. Um, And at the same time, it was like, I don't know, like I love Coldplay, but even leaving the venue, we were just like misguided into going one way, another way. Then we get outside, then we're trapped in like an area that is like all stairs. And of course, we left a little bit early. So at this point, it's like a stampede of people trying to run out of the venue as fast as possible now that the concert is over. And we're literally spinning around in circles trying to get out. And so we finally... Found, we kind of found a way out, but we had to go into, we had to go into a, another hotel because they're sort of joined. We had to enter into a casino, stand in line, enter into a casino, go through the top floor of the casino, using an elevator. That elevator had, it was crammed full of able-bodied people, and Dad had to like we both sort of looked at them being like, what is going on here? There's like an escalator, there are stairs, but everybody, this huge long lineup of like a hundred people waiting to get into the elevator to use the elevator. So people are just not, I think there's like no awareness. People are just not using their brains. They're sort of following the crowd. It's like, there's, there's a huge disconnect for sure. Um, And I noticed myself, like, we we love Coldplay, we love the concert, but we both sort of said, I don't know if I would do it again, because we have seen Coldplay so many times. But also, at the very end of the night, it's like you're trying to leave and you're fighting against, like thousands of people to get into an elevator just so you can get your way out of there while it's like people just don't get it right they don't get it they're just like all standing there sort of staring at you and the thing is they won't get out of the elevator they'll just try to suck in and squish in as far against the wall as they possibly can like they just don't understand it's like no you you need to like remove yourself out of the actual elevator so the wheelchair can fit in it's not making yourself as tiny as possible that's that doesn't make it okay
1: yeah that's just that is a really really good story for spinal cord injury awareness month to end off on because these are the kind of things that like this awareness piece is still it's so basic, but it's still so important. And it's also something that we can't stop talking about. Like this, these kind of things where people just they use the accessible washrooms, they come down and they don't understand that this is an area that should be free for wheelchairs to get around easier in the concert. And they don't pay attention because they don't have enough exposure to it still. And it's just so interesting because 10% of the population has a serious disability right? That is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's a lot right. of people, whether you're a veteran, whether you're an elder, whether you have some sort of a birth defect, or you have a disability that was acquired. This is 10% of the population. That's a huge portion of the population. And so while, you know, you're talking about cold play, talking about the environment and all that stuff, well, that's really important. Um, you know, all these politicians speaking about climate change and all that stuff, I think that there should be more concern for the 10% of the population that is literally just trying to get around properly and trying to access things and just basic, you know, rights of living in a modern society. Um, it's it's still, I think, the question that we're going to ask ourselves over and over again, every every day, every spinal cord injury month, um, it's still something that just these issues are not fully addressed. And, um, you know, we talk about, how important human rights are. And it's just, it's, these are, these are, th- this is a big part of the por- the population that isn't uh, considered still. So I don't know.
0: Well, it's frustrating too, because um, it makes, you know, yesterday we went out for lunch with my aunt and she was asking about how, how is the concert just to you know, like, I feel like my aunt does a really good job. Like she'll buy us tickets for like smaller shows, like plays and things. And I mean, those venues are very small, but it's like, they do a really they do a really good job at making sure that there are accessible seats and they'll like they'll reserve them. They'll do whatever they need to do to move things around for you. Like they do a really good job. And I mean the venues there are like what? It's not thousands of people. Um it's more like 50, sometimes 20, 50, 100 people watching a play. And I think our city like like Vancouver for like the Arts Center and stuff. They do a really fantastic job for that. But yeah, so my aunt was like, we were sharing this with her and she's, she, you could tell she's getting upset and she's like, you need to write them on them. And I said to her, I was like, write who? Nobody cares what? I'm going to write Coldplay. They're not like, they don't even know. Like, nobody cares. Who am I going to write? Ticketmaster? Who am I going to write? The venue? Rogers, Canada Place? Like, the thing is, like, to even get through to somebody, by the time you get through to somebody to make your point, you're so exhausted and you're just like, you know what, whatever, I'd rather just stay home. I mean, we had a, a horrible experience going to Elton John, what, last year? And, you know, the same thing, by the time we got into the wheelchair section, it was like there was actually not enough seats for, we went with Dan's parents and there were not enough seats even sitting there. They had to go find chairs in the staff room because who knows was piled into the wheelchair section. Like, I don't know how these things happen. It's like the hosts leave for a minute and then people just sort of like run into the section. Nobody's really checking tickets, but the overall messaging is like, how do you continue wanting to push forward and wanting to go out to participate in these events? I mean, you're still spending a couple hundred bucks on tickets. That's a lot of money for somebody who's got a a disability who's paying for all sorts of extra equipment, supplies, et cetera, et cetera, dealing with health issues. Um, that it's like this amount of money is is substantial to be able to just go and enjoy the show and just like be like anybody else, right? So, I mean, I guess it's just... You get a little disheartened. To be honest, we were fine. Like when we left, we were totally fine. Like we didn't feel like, oh my God, that sucked. No, we loved the show. We had a good time. We walked home on this on the seawall, which is where we live in Vancouver. So it was an accessible walk. It only took us 35 minutes from the venue to cross the bridge to walk home. There was nobody on the seawall. It was nice and cool. It was nice to be in the fresh air. By the time we got home, it was like, I think it turned 12 o'clock on the nose. The second we walked in the door. We hopped into bed and we were just like, okay, that was fun. We did it. We went out like it was fine. It was truly totally fine. I think also it's important to be like grounded and be present in and what is going on instead of like, I find myself, especially being an advocate for, um, this group for YX of SCI, I find myself my head can start running, my thoughts start running, and I start to get judgmental. I get really judgy around the people that are around me. Why is that person sitting in the wheelchair section? Why are these people in the elevator? Why Why is nobody paying attention? Why doesn't anybody care? So I have to pull myself back out of that and be like, it's none of my business. Mind your own business. Just do your own thing. If you don't like it, don't participate. And sadly, I think that's what a lot of our community members, they get to that consensus. They're like, I don't like it. I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to go out to these venues, I'm not going to be part of, you know, sporting events, uh, soccer games, or whatever it is of Vancouver, where you just kind of you create your own fun. And I don't know if it's age, but we are like, we're totally fine with just like, just going to see a play in a smaller venue, right?
1: Yeah, and the thing is, is like, you know, when you were talking about, you know, what's an email gonna do? What's this gonna do to to help this? And, you know, we're people it's true, people in our situation tend to not go to these things because it's just at the end of the day, it's just too much. Too much, just too much of everything, too much inaccessibility, too much work, too much, you know, may not have the energy. There's a bunch of reasons. But just to kind of play the devil's advocate here, if we all stop going. And if we all stop emailing and we all stop calling, then nothing will ever change because you'll still have the people that have no idea about how to um, assist and be courteous to people with disabilities, and because you just don't won't see them around. So it's almost like I'm on the kind of the side with you, Elena, where I'm like I just wouldn't would rather not bother. Um, just because it's like, you know, it was fun, but it's not necessarily worth it. But then I'm also like, well, if everybody stops going to these things, then what is, Who's going to show these people about accessibility because like it or not, it's not the talk, it's the action that matters, right? So it's you literally being in that area, people to see you, you know, talking to that girl and explaining to her, she's going to probably never do that again because of you. And it's probably going to spread, you know, she's probably going to have that in her mind and she's probably going to tell people, um, or at least just herself, she'll never do that again. So I'm kind of like, what do you really do? Like, um, do you go and just kind of deal with it? I, I think it all has to do with what you really want to do or not. And you guys did what you really wanted to do. Um, but totally. that in itself, just you guys being there, I, I can imagine a lot of people that you weren't even looking at or, or interacting with saw you and just seeing you there probably changed a lot of minds right? It probably well, showed a lot of people what's possible. And it also showed a lot of people, oh man, you know, because the, the majority of people, I like to think that the majority of people are just misinformed and they're not thinking, right? Like you said earlier, they're not thinking. Um, it Seeing you guys out waiting for the elevator and them standing there and maybe they thought to themselves, you know, I, I'm already in line. I'm just going to do this this one time, but they'll maybe think twice about doing that next time because of you guys, just seeing you guys there. So there's always a plus side, and I think this is a good question
0: for our listeners, for our audience today. Um, what are your thoughts around this topic what What do you do? Do you keep going out for accessible dates, accessible date nights? Um, how accessible are your date nights? What are your feelings around that? Do you have more success or more challenges? Um, we would love to know. I mean this is a great topic. This is one that we talk about all the time in. The private discussion group um, on our Instagram, you know, this is something that we want to know. We also want to encourage other members of our community to try other accessible date nights. If there if you have thoughts around other things that you like to do besides restaurants or besides, you know, going out to movies or concerts Please write in and let us know um, some of your ideas around accessible dating. What are some of these fun things to do? I know that at the very beginning of our partner's injuries, we used to say, I mean, for all sorts of reasons, our accessible date nights turned into you know, going for nice food, because it's like you're on the same level as your partner, you're both sitting, you're able to sort of have that neutral ground once again, after your partner's spinal cord injury. But even that presents so many challenges between doorways, bathroom stalls, table height, et cetera, et cetera. So please write into us. We are at sci at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. What are some of your best successes for accessible date nights? Or even if you have some nightmare stories, we want to hear those too. So it's all awareness. It's been a fantastic month of SCI Awareness Month. And uh, make sure you guys stay tuned for Caregiver Awareness which will be coming up in November. And we will be sharing many more stories of caregiver awareness then as well.
1: And if you get a second, please make sure that you visit our Instagram page and read the stories that have been submitted this month. Um, we also have a bunch of them up on the WEGS of SCI blog. So you can visit wagsofSCI.com blog, and you can read some of the most recent stories. Um, I know one of my favorites is up there. It's by a girl named Sarah, and she talked about her health journey and how she has lost quite a bit of weight and gotten into really good shape these past few months. Um, with some photos so it was really inspiring for a lot of wags out there including myself Um, just kind of getting the you back right so there's a lot of them there Um, definitely go and visit that um, area of our site and share it with all of your friends and family and then if you're listening and you don't have social media and you want to share a story with us, email us anytime. We would love to share your insights as to not only date nights but any sort of experience that you want to show to our followers because, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the very start of this episode, the whole reason we participate so heavily in SCI Awareness Month is because, you know, we, a lot of us are loud mouths. We like to talk about the things that we can accomplish in this life and the things that our partners can accomplish in this life. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, that, that real like mama bear energy, like proud spouse energy that only women can really have. Um, it's such a huge, important piece. To accessibility um, awareness and all of the things for SDI Awareness Month. So, we're really, really thankful for everyone who supported this month and submitted their stories. And we're really looking forward to, you know, like you said, this coming November is Caregivers Awareness Month, and we can't wait to do that as well. But I think a lot of women realized how powerful just sharing what they go through on a daily basis or a simple story like going to a wedding um, and how powerful it is to, to promote change and promote discussion. Um, So again, thank you to everybody who participated this month and We are looking forward to our next episode. We are coming up on October here and it's going to be a month full of awesome topics and some taboo topics and more Q&As. So please stay tuned, keep listening, subscribe, send these episodes to your friends to create more awareness about caregivers and their partners. So thank you and see you next time.
0: Cheers.